The bell is rung. Hello, friends, and welcome to another edition of In Ring Reality right here on our Facebook and YouTube pages. This is this week's news and takeaways edition. I, of course, am your host, Josh Rosaskis. In accordance to observance of the memorial service for Floyd yesterday, we did not have NXT and AEW reviews this week, so I thought that I would just start there because really the biggest news of the week, honestly, is that news. It's Drake Maverick remaining with WWE and this storyline ending the way people were kind of hoping it would end once they brought it up and made it a thing. Now, the question here, of course, is, is this moral? Is this something they should have done? Or does it fall into murky territory? Well, he didn't get the title. So they didn't give him a title just to keep him around. But they obviously did keep him around and build off this support that he got from the Twitter video where he was fired. And I got to say, I kind of agree with Triple H's statements on the subject. To be honest with you, Triple H was basically like, I'm paraphrasing here because I don't have the statement in front of me, but he basically was like, look, we didn't mean for this to happen. We hated letting people go in the first place, but Drake obviously did some great work getting sympathy from the fans and really did great work in this tournament, agreeing that he still wanted to be a part of it. So we could have either done something with it or ignored it. So we did something with it and turned it into something. And I'm thrilled for him that he can gets to continue to do what he loves doing. And I got to say that for me, Triple H put it right there about as good as you can put it. You either capitalize on something or you don't. This may not have been WWE's plan, but they clearly now have someone in Drake Maverick that they weren't anticipating having as far as a reliable talent. I don't know why they weren't anticipating having him in that role because anyone that saw him in the then TNA, now Impact days as Rockstar Spud knows what kind of a talent he is, but for whatever reason, WWE never saw him that way. They, of course, brought him in as the GM of 205 Live, and then they had him do the comedy stuff with R-Truth and the 24-7 Championship, which, don't get me wrong, was hilarious. It was hilarious, and a great use of Maverick, because he's a very funny guy, but now he gets to be serious heart and soul baby face guy in NXT and I'm thrilled for him. Now, does this excuse what Leo Rush came out and said and like, wow, look, 
are they going to rehire everyone now? Like, it's awesome for Drake, but, man, such trauma that they put everybody through. And what about everybody else that lost their job? No, it doesn't brush that away or excuse that away at all. He's 100% correct as Leo, and it'll be interesting to see what WWE does in regards to that. There were talks for the longest time, or there have been for the longest time, but really intensified this week that a lot of guys had been offered, guys and girls, excuse me, have been offered deals to come back at a fraction of what they were making, but they were offered their jobs back. Just because WWE really, I think, feels bad, first of all, for having to make the decision that they made on Black Wednesday, but also I got to believe that they're doing this because they just simply don't want them to go to AEW. While they may not see AEW as competition on the same level as WCW was back in the day because nothing will ever be and it shouldn't be looked at a Wednesday night war looked at as a Wednesday night war sorry as I've said in the past I do firmly believe and I think most other wrestling fans do believe that is the closest thing to competition that WWE will ever have although it's trying to reach a specifically massively different type of audience, the closest of which is the NXT audience. So, you know, I think WWE is making the best out of a bad situation. So I don't know what their plans are for everybody. I don't see everybody coming back. I don't see EC3 coming back. I definitely don't think Miro, the former Rusev, is coming back. I don't think Mike Bennett and Maria Canellis will come back, or Mike Canellis, for those of you that only knew him in WWE days. I don't think people like that will come back, but maybe there's an outside chance for some of the other people. So we'll just have to wait and see what goes down. But with Drake in particular, yeah, it's questionable. Yeah, it started out very icky and very murky, and I talked about on this show with Jamie Loves Taker, who was able to join me for that episode, we talked about do we agree with this or not? And we both kind of said it is what it is. And Drake decided to keep going in the tournament. And we'll have to wait and see what they do with the storyline. But the more it went on and the more over he got and the more people were drawn to NXT, like I'm not going to lie. Usually what I do is I watch Dynamite first and then watch NXT via my DVR on YouTube TV. But this week I did the opposite. I watched NXT first partly because it was the home show for this Sunday's NXT TakeOver in your house, but mostly, I just wanted to see if Drake would do it. So, the storyline did what it was supposed to do. It got people interested in the Cruiserweight Championship Tournament, it made the Cruiserweight Championship Tournament relevant, and it saved Drake Maverick's career. So, murky or not, 
it is the reality of what did happen. And I'm just happy that Drake Maverick gets to stick around and do what he loves to do. As far as takeaways from AEW this week, there wasn't really... Actually, let me backtrack just slightly. Alito Def and Asthma obviously beat Drake and is the interim Cruiserweight champion. They didn't reveal that he is the one behind the Luchadors, but they kind of hinted at it because the Luchadors came out during that match, looked at him, he looked at them, they didn't attack him, and Drake was so focused on getting the victory and at the time saving his job that he took them out preemptively, which ended up costing him the match. So they didn't really do the full-on Phantasma heel turn, but I still believe that that has to be coming because what other reason would there be for the storyline? What other logical conclusion would there be? Of course, WWE and Logic don't always mix, but we'll see. We'll see. As far as AEW goes, really the only newsworthy show out of a great show, I agree with what Luke Owen said. This was the Luke Owen from WrestleTalk, that is. This was a show where if you have not been watching AEW, but you want to check out AEW out, or you're just in generally thinking about getting back into the sport, this was a great show for that type of viewer because you would not have had to have seen Double or Nothing. And you get everything you need to know going in to Fighter Fest, which will be free, by the way, on TNT in the Dynamite slot, which I think is great, continuing that from last year where that was a free show. And I love the way I said this before with Fort Minor Project. I love the way AEW does things with only having four pay-per-views a year because it makes it easier to support them at the $50 price range. It makes them feel more important, which is the big drawback that many, many, many WWE pay-per-views have. Not all of them. Not a WrestleMania. Not a Royal Rumble. Not a Survivor Series. Not a Money in the Bank. Not even any TakeOver so far. But most WWE pay-per-views have that problem of oversaturation. So they eliminate that for themselves. And in the interim, between those four months, they have the ability to make their weekly TV of Dynamite feel that much more important and that much more special by having pay-per-view-like shows like this where you give the episode of Dynamite a title, you make it a two-night event, that's perfect. That's the way to do things. You run it like a pay-per-view without charging money for it. I love it. It's just brilliant. But anyway, going into Fighter Fest, like I said, you would have gotten everything that you need from AEW in this episode. So it was one of the better episodes they've done and really, really enjoyable. The TNT Championship match 
between Jungle Boy and Champion Cody. And Cody's first title defense was everything you hoped it would be, complete with Cody giving everything he has by blading himself in the match to create emotion. It was just great stuff. I like the segment between Brian Cage and John Moxley. I think Taz is, like I said last week, just a tremendous mouthpiece for Brian Cage. But the only real story, because everything else we saw, we saw the plate spinning with Matt Hardy and Private Party from last week. We saw the plate spinning with FDR and the Butcher and the Blade and them signaling and signifying that they're going to utilize FDR in many other ways before they give us the money match with the Bucks, Young Bucks that is, likely at All Out. So the only real takeaway story, since I didn't do a review for AEW Dynamite this week, the only real takeaway story really to me was Colt Cabana once again was teased to join the Dark Order. And he didn't refuse it. He did say it's nothing that I want to be a part of. But when he was given water by the voiceover guy after being talked to by the exalted one, Mr. Brody Lee, he did take the water and drink the water. So it is a nice little tease of could we see Colt Cabana as part of the Dark Order, which I gotta say, as other pundits have said this week, I wouldn't mind that at all. I think it would be something very interesting and something I didn't see coming. So, it was a good episode of Dynamite, but nothing really that we have to had broken down match by match. So because we respected George Floyd this week by not doing a show yesterday on the day of his memorial here in the States and we fully supported Black Lives Matter, I just did want to point out those big takeaways from this week. Oh, and Britt Baker was hilarious as she was in her, her role model wheelchair, which was on top of a throne platform which was also motorized. And she was messing with Big Swole and other members of the women's division. And then she had a funny montage where she was pretending to work out and not really doing much. And she had Rebel and Tony Shabani cheering her on. It was just really, really funny stuff. Britt Baker, like I said, is just money, money, money for AEW. So on to the news, and the news this week really just boils down to one big story thread that has gone throughout the week, and that is what is going to happen soon with all of the Black Wednesday guys and girls, where are they going to end up as Impact teased that at their Slammiversary pay-per-view, which is just a couple of days after those 90-day no-compete clauses expire, that a lot of guys could be 
showing up. They had footage of all of the Black Wednesday releases that had previously worked there, including Drake Maverick before, as Rockstar Spud before, of course, this Wednesday's NXT did air. And they had a Bulgarian brute, which obviously teaches, teases, sorry, teaches, teaches us a lesson. Sorry about that. Um, teases Miro Rusev. So they made a really interesting thing. I think they have got at least one of those guys. And I wouldn't be surprised if it is Miro, where Miro's like, I'm going to give Impact a shot first before AEW and sort of surprise everybody that way. So it wouldn't surprise me any. But the other big story, as I said, this entire week has been about contracts. The other big story that came out this week was Adam Cole. And apparently Adam Cole, his contract is up in August. And he has not re-signed yet. Which is incredibly surprising because usually when WWE is this close to losing a big star, they have locked them up way before it could ever be an issue that they could go elsewhere. Specifically since AEW became a thing and started. So Adam Cole's contract is up in August. And everybody's pointing out that, of course, his longtime girlfriend of many, many years is Dr. Bert Baker, DMD, of AEW. Again, the best thing in AEW's women's division and one of their top stars, in my opinion, and the opinion of many others within our community. And, of course, he was seen at an AEW after party with her and with his longtime friends, the Umbucks, who, of course, worked very closely with him when Cole was a part of Bullet Club in Ring of Honor and very, very briefly did some crossover work in New Japan Pro Wrestling as well. So there is that relationship between Cole and AEW, it's not out of the realm of possibility in my mind entirely at all that we could see Adam Cole, Bebe, go to AEW. But when I think of Adam Cole has been the longest reigning NXT champion of all time, he's now officially been NXT champion for a year. I just don't see... WWE being willing to part ways with Adam Cole. They're going to do everything they can to keep Adam Cole, whether that's telling Cole and the rest of the Undisputed Era, Bobby Fish, Kyle O'Reilly, and Roderick Strong, that they're all going to stay together and go to the main roster together, or whether that's saying, if you guys want to be NXT lifers, you can be NXT lifers. Whatever their reasoning is, whatever they have to tell Cole to get Cole to stick around, I think they absolutely will. They would be insane to let him go. But at the same time, if there's any guy that is going to move a needle, because as cool as Matt Hardy was, as cool as Brody Lee was, and as big 
I mean, a huge thing at the time as John Moxley was. If there was ever going to be a guy in wrestling right now that is a guy that everybody loves and a guy that everybody knows and a guy that everybody stops and watches, there's some people that only watch takeovers, but they tune in to every takeover because of Adam Cole, baby. So if there's ever anybody in wrestling right now that could really shift the tide for AEW that's not named CM Punk, which has shown no desire to return to the ring as of late. It is, of course, Cole himself. Adam Cole going to AEW would be enormous and be their biggest game changer they have ever, ever had. And for that reason, and the matches that he could have, both with guys he's had, matches with in the past and guys that he hasn't had matches with yet I would love to see it any AEW or wrestling fan in general that just wants to see AEW succeed would tell you that they would love to see it but because it's Adam Cole I just gotta say it's not going to happen in my opinion I don't see it happening at all it would be a huge shock and a huge coup for AEW, but unless we get to August, and unless we've heard nothing about Cole being re-signed, and unless a Wednesday comes up, or an AEW pay-per-view comes up that week on a Sunday, and Cole shows up in AEW for indisputable proof, I don't see that happening. There's just so much marketing the WWE has in the future and, of course, the present with Undisputed Era. They're beloved heels. They're tremendous at what they do, and Cole is Cole. I just don't see it happening, but would I love to see it? Absolutely, because it would change the wrestling business and turn the wrestling business upside down. So... That's really all there was this week because I said, like I said, it was a week full of big news, but all the big news were really about contract speculation. So as I always do, I will just quickly give a look to see if we have any live comments, which we do not. So as I always like to say, Remember that you can get in touch with the show via social media at in-ring reality everywhere. You can email the show if you want to get in touch with us that way at Oh, sorry, got distracted there as I did have a live comment come in from Black Adam, so I'll read that and put that up on the screen here in a second, but let me finish my flow. Of thought, You can get in touch with the show via social media everywhere, or you can use the email address inringreality at gmail.com if you want to get the show going that way. As far as your interaction, I always welcome hearing from you. Of course, my personal social media, including my fan page for Becky Lynch on Instagram, is down below in every episode description. So whether you're watching 
or listening to the show via audio only. You have those options. So, as I said, we did have a live comment come in. So, let me just see what Black Adam has to say. Apparently, Adam Cole signed a three-year deal with WWE sometime last year. Retweeted by Sean Ross Sapp, who of course is from Fightful, followed up with an article that says, Most on-screen NXT talent signed a deal when NXT went to TV. So that's an interesting report there from Sean Ross Sapp because, and thank you for that Black Adam, by the way, greatly appreciate that. That is a really interesting report there from Sean Ross Sapp because that contradicts everything we've heard throughout the week, but it is Sean Ross Sapp and it is Fightful who is, in my opinion, taking the place of Dave Meltzer as wrestling's most reliable source. So if he says it, I tend to believe it. So maybe that ends the discussion. We will just have to wait and see. But again, thank you very, very much, Black Adam, for sharing that information with us and all of the listeners here on the program. Oh, we got another live comment. Everybody everybody coming in late today don't want me to sign off yet. So I hope that's entertaining, you guys. Let's see what my buddy Fort Minor Project, David Rivera, has to say. He says, who do you think is getting called up from NXT? Well, again, like I said earlier, or on past shows, I should say, I don't really consider it being called up anymore because I consider NXT to be a real third brand. But as far as who's being moved, we obviously already know that Matt Riddle has been moved to SmackDown and... There's the report that Chelsea Green is being moved to either Raw or SmackDown. That's why she split from Robert Stone. But as far as people we don't have confirmed that have been speculated on, I think that Io Shirai makes a lot of sense. I think she makes a lot of sense because WWE needs as much help on Raw and SmackDown and the women's division as they can get. I think WrestleTalk's Louis Dangor was 100% right about Dominic Dijakovic moving to Raw. I think that's something that could easily happen because he doesn't really have a direction right now on NXT. And as far as the rest of the roster, I know this wouldn't make a lot of sense, because she's entrenched in that storyline with her husband, Johnny. But I gotta say, Candice LeRae, as part of the SmackDown Women's Division, and her being almost an equal in personality and character to Bailey, would be something I would love to see. I don't think it's gonna happen, but I do think that it is something that I would love to see. But yeah, of the names that we've heard, oh, and of course, Dream, Velveteen Dream is who I was forgetting. I knew I was forgetting someone. I fully think 
We'll see Velvet Teen Dream either a part of Raw or SmackDown after TakeOver. I fully predict he is losing the match at TakeOver and he's being moved to either Raw or SmackDown. And he's a guy and a character that I think fits perfectly with the main roster and the way they do things. It would be very interesting and very unique. Can't really think of anybody else off the top of my head, but yeah. As far as speculation, if I was going to call anybody up, like I said, it would be Io Shirai and Candice LeRae. So with that, I believe I'm finally safe to say as and remind you that as I always like to say, life is only as good as what you choose to make it to be. So make the choice to go out and do something great today.